Buzz Buzz Babies. We are back for another episode of Blake's Buzz. And this week, I've got an insane crew that are working on a new Kickstarter project. You won't believe it. I can't believe it. I've got Keith Champagne, crazy enough to come back. Michael Katz, crazy enough to come back. Also in the house, legendary Green Lantern artist Daryl Banks and, and comic book legend. He's written for DC. He's written for Marvel. He's he's invented characters and and brought brought the cosmos to life and and is just an all-around really cool and talented dude by the name ron mars ron mars is on the blake's buzz podcast ladies and gentlemen this is a high point like i i i guess i've peaked this is the best we're gonna do from here but i mean hey i'm cool with it if you all are i am so excited to talk to all of you and to see how this kickstarter journey began uh gentlemen thank you for for spending your uh time with me this evening how's everybody doing tonight Sounds good. good. We're, good. Good. we're not as excited as you are, but we're, you know, <laughs> no one's ever as excited about me. I'm, I'm over, I'm over the top and high energy. I got have to remind myself to calm down a couple times. Now, now we are here to talk uh, about, well, I, I want to talk about a few things, but our, our main discourse tonight uh, is for the new rider Kickstarter, um, which is, is, is live right now. I uh, got just a few days left. Uh, everybody, when you listen to this, like go to Kickstarter, back it, check it out. The the last four, I loved the last four issues. I was a big fan. Michael, like I said, Michael and Keith have been on the show before um, at talking, uh, and they they uh, Michael talked about the book. And uh, the the last we left off um, was after uh, after the coup, the uh, the bloodless coup, right? Uh, and and and. I love the the like we're gonna replace the the the, mo- the monarchy right or like you know like we're gonna the the royal assassinations and the plots and the twists. Uh, spoiler alert, sorry, but these issues are out, so it's your fault if you haven't read them yet. It's not my problem. Anyway, but anyways, it, they were very good. Uh, but you're switching up the format a little bit, so we've been getting like two issue arcs, right? And now we're right. getting a, a one shot uh, by uh, and, uh, like what better team could you have like? Daryl Banks and Ron Mars are reuniting. All right, the 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 DC the the top dogs of the of DC are coming back together to do this Kickstarter one shot and and give Ryan uh, a run for his money. Uh, and then and then Michael's also doing a, a backup story in that. And so like I know Ron was the editor on the previous issues, but like where how how did the, how did you get these guys to do this? Because I mean. I, I I love the I love the comic, but I mean, you know, like it'd be like if I had an idea and was like I go to Jeff Johns and be like, hey, hey, dude. And he's like, no, dude, I'm busy. Like, how did this happen? Like, I'm so I'm so interested now in that how the new issue came to be. Well, uh, it all started years ago when uh, Ron and I crossed paths on a, a different uh, comic book project. And when the time came to do Riot Earp, it was my business partner's idea to see if Ron would be interested in being the editor for the project because he wanted to make sure that it was you know, a decent project, that our money wasn't you know, going down the tubes. And then uh, it was his idea to say, hey, while we're at it, maybe Ron could write a story uh, for for the, the series. And I thought, OK, we'll do a, a special uh, and then, uh, you know, who better to, to illustrate it than than Daryl Banks himself, you know, who's you know famous for his run, you know, with with Ron on the car, Rainer Green Lantern. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, they've done other stuff over the years. And, uh, you know, Ron asked Daryl and Daryl, you know, gave us a thumbs up and you know, it's been smooth sailing ever since. 
That's so cool. Uh, so you got obviously the chemistry is there. You guys have worked together for for a really long time, and 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 Ron has has like been the editor on these on these previous issues. It's always interesting to me, no matter like the the level of talent and stuff we're dealing with. But like when when someone grabs you to like drop you into a, a new narrative, right? That that's not yours, really. Um, it, are, uh, do, do you guys get nervous doing that, or or are you got are you guys are like you know what like we we've been around the block. We know comics like we can, you know, we, you guys could do my little pony. You could do spot, any, whatever they throw at you, you guys can do, or, or, or is it just, is it still kind of like, I don't know it, like when it's, when it's not your baby, right. When you, when you gotta like, like when someone hands you a new baby, you know, and you know, there's always that like fear you're going to drop it. And you're like, just don't drop it. Just don't drop it. Like, is that, does that happen when they pass along like the IPs to you guys? It's not our first rodeo. Not our first. <laughs> that's, that's the short answer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we like Daryl said, we've done this once or twice before. Uh, we've done this once or twice before with each other. So um, so that was the real attraction. You know, the the, the chance to work with Daryl on anything is attractive. Um, but this is a fun property. Uh, Mike's great to work with. Um, and, you know, I know that no matter what I write, it's going to look great when Daryl's done with it. That's a huge part of my job is to work with somebody that you know is going to deliver the goods <laughs> on page because then I look good, right? Yeah. It's, it's um, you know, that's a, that's essentially half of being a comic book writer is writing your artist coattails. So, um, <laughs> so any job is more attractive when you, uh, when you know who you're going to be working with and you know that you click with that person. Yeah. And, and Daryl, I, I love your art, man. It's, it's so good. It's so, it's so like vibrant and fluid and like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I see it, you know, like when, when I see great art and it's, it's in motion and it like comes alive, even from the static imagery. Right. I mean, that's one of the hardest parts of, of like being a comic book artist. Well, I mean, on top of like deadlines and all the other shit you guys deal with, but like you take this static imagery and in between panels, you have to make it move. You have to make it come to life. Right. And, you, and you, a little bit of that's on the reader, but you, you, you have to guide the reader through those motions yeah. and, and through that. And you're so, so talented at that like thinking about your guys's like green lantern run uh and just how it started and how uh, the, the craziness of like taking the main green lantern and like being like all right push him off the deep end and then bring in this new guy and then also like design him and make him look cool and you guys you guys did you made him look cool you made him look totally different than any of the other lanterns before like with with the uh with, you know the the kind of add-ons to the uh, to the uniform and stuff. And uh, so I'm really excited to see you bring that in that energy to uh, riot Earp because it's, it, this is, it's a really cool, funny, sexy spy comic. And it's different. It's different than like other spy narratives I've, I've read. Right. Cause there's like, you know, some of it's like real heavy noir and, and, and I love it. And it's like great action, but it's also dark. I've been reading a lot of James Bond comics lately. And I was really surprised like how dark and gritty they are. He's fucking like, there's one where he feeds a dude to a shark in one of the Andy Diggle deals. And he's like, he, he's like feeding this guy to a shark. And he's like, tell me where to find the guy. And it's just like, holy shit, man, this isn't, this isn't Daniel Craig. Like, whoa. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and so I like how, I like how Ryder, it has a little bit more like, life and buoyancy to it it's very bright right and uh and and just kind of kind of funny at times and and you know like like i said it's a he's he's a good he's a good looking dude he falls into the bed of good looking women as sometimes he forgets their names that's but hey you know like he's also here to save the world though so that's cool like we'll we'll forgive him a little bit um what uh what what how how do you 
Daryl, how do you like compose like an action scene without superpowers? Is that is that uh, is that trickier for you? Like when there's not like you know there's 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 no like you know ring there's no ring animations there's there's no like laser blasts or anything. You're just like we're, we're dealing with like we're dealing with like handguns and 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 physical action like only. Is that do, do you have to rethink things or does that come naturally for you? It's one of those things where you could have subject matter that can be as fictional as the imagination will lend itself to, but a, a boring image could be a boring image. You could have a robot and aliens and everything else, but if you don't you know, set it up properly, it can still be as dull as just you know two people drinking coffee in a library. <laughs> he is make it feel as interesting as the script is describing it. And it, it, it's more like just the, the, the whole mechanics of comics can be challenging anyway. It's not really the subject matter. I mean, hmm. it, inherently it sounds like, oh, it's easier to do superheroic things with superpowers. Not really, not really. I mean, especially when you think about there's so much superhero content out there. I think to be able to, you know, something like Riot Earp, I feel like in some ways it's it can it can really separate itself from the from the pack by being different in many ways. I think the character Ryan Earp, uh, one thing that is different about him is that he I, I don't he's not really an action hero. He's he's wits. He's he's outthinking the situations he's in, and uh, I I feel like that's going to be kind of refreshing. You know, to kind of really separate itself from from other products that are out there. So uh, I, I think with the stories and uh, the, the the script that I'm working with, I, I really feel very confident about it. Very cool. Uh, and then Ron, how when when you were when you were working on the script, did, did like did Michael kind of let you do your thing, or was he just like standing over you the whole time, like screaming at you, like like guiding you, or did, did he kind of did he kind of let you break loose, like? <laughs> no, Mike. You know, Mike gave me the skeleton of the kind of story that he wanted to tell, and and that's fine that's what i wanted because this is his baby that you know he knows these characters better than anybody else because they didn't exist before he thought of them so mm. um so i felt like my job was to um you know borrow his babies for a while and and you know take them for a ride around the block and then put them back uh put them back where i found them in a condition that mike would be pleased with um so that was you know that was really the gig um mike gave me the skeleton and i you know i I pushed and pulled things here and there. I ignored things. I added things. Um, you know, that's that's part of my job too, um, because I have to tell a story the way I would tell a story, um, not just try to imitate what Mike does. Um, yeah. So I think I think what we ended up with is a nice blend of the kind of thing that I usually do, but with you know with Mike's sensibilities and and his his takes on these characters in there as well, because uh, obviously it's not like there's 30 years of history to Riot Earp. Um, there's, you know, there's the issues that I've read. There's the issues that I've edited. Um, and that was kind of it. So I wanted to, you know, obviously there was also a factor of making sure that Mike was involved so that everything, um, everything tracks with what he wants out of the book and where he sees these characters going. Cause this is, this is to a great extent, a prequel story to explain how, uh, Ryan Earp got to, where he is at the beginning of issue one. Oh, cool okay i dig that and it's it's like it's a it's a bigger one shot right is it like 48 pages or it's over 40 right, or something 40 40 pages. <clears throat> 40 okay. pages uh for for ron and daryl's story then i have an eight page uh short story by myself and fred bennis you know we're the regular team 
And then I have a 10-page special Christmas story um, that I wrote, and it's the art is being done by Joel Souza, who did yeah. the variant cover for issue two. Cool. And that's all going to be under under one cover? Yep. Yep. All right. So that's that's going to be a nice including pinups too. Yeah, that's going to be a nice This is what I like about crowdfunded projects is we get like I I mean, you know, people that are into people that are into crowdfunding, you know, we're used to kind of paying the extra money, dealing with stuff like that and um but I like that we usually get extra pages too, like extra, extra pages, pinups, cool stuff from like guest artists and stuff. Like that's kind of what the, the kind of the, some of the magic from crowdfunding. And I, I know, I know Keith and, and, and Mike have, have been, have done this before. Like, like Ron and Daryl, have you guys messed with, with crowdfunding stuff before? Like, uh, have you ever like done anything like this? Um, I've never, well, you should I've, have. I, I've never run a crowdfunded book. Look at look at Daryl brought props. <laughs> always props. Always you're like props. you're like carrot top sort of. Great <laughs> um, <laughs> resemblance. Um, you're just you're just not on the roids like he is. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so Daryl and I did uh, Harkins Raiders, which is a hardcover. Um, perhaps someone might hold up a copy at some point soon. Um, uh, and uh, so that that came out through uh, Ominous Press and and uh, at the behest of Alan Cordry. Um, uh, so I've I've been involved with Kickstarter projects before, but never really run a campaign before. And I don't think I ever would run a campaign because man, that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, the, the it's it's enough work to do the actual creative work uh, on this <laughs> stuff um, to to run the campaign as well is you know that's like that's like wearing too many hats at once for me um but i love the fact that that crowdfunding is a viable publishing option um mm -hmm. absolutely a viable publishing option um with everybody doing it from you know from people doing their first comic to people that have been doing comics for 40 years yeah um, so it's um it's great that it, it exists as an option and it also allows you to do exactly the book that you want you're not um, you're not jumping through a publisher's hoops or uh, changing your story to adhere to what a publisher might want. Now, doing a crowdfunded book allows you to do the book and then offer it up to a publisher later on if you want mm. um, and to say, here, here it is, take it or leave it because it's done already. Yeah, I see that happening a lot lately. Um, you, you know, like pe people will pitch books. Everyone says, you know, or not everyone, but like a lot of people say no. Uh, and then you you go to crowdfund it. You actually get the the book out, gets in people's hands. People start talking about it. And then you can like sometimes like they'll like repitch it and you actually have like the finished product to share. And I know like uh, like Scout, SourcePoint Press, Second Sight, like their uh, image has even picked up a, a few crowdfunded projects. So, yeah, it's like more and more publishers are are kind of like, you know, browsing that, that new market uh, and looking for talent and stuff. So it's, it sure, is well, a, it's a cool know, way for people to somebody, somebody else has taken the financial risk already, right? Somebody yeah. else, somebody else has raised the money um, to, to produce the book. When, if a publisher comes in at that point, they don't, you know, there's not as much risk attached. So uh, they're a little bit more enticed to take a look at a project. I think, you know, Keith has done a number of his own Kickstarter projects and, um, it's a really, you know, it's a really fun way to do your own thing. You, you know, you, you grab your friends and you do your book and you get it out there in front of the audience. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of Keith, uh, the uh, Keith is doing Daybreak, uh, which just fulfilled uh, not long ago. I feel like I got my uh, I got my second issue of that uh, a few weeks back, and it was excellent. Uh, I, the first two issues have been so great. Uh, I think we need more. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of cocaine and comics, and I think we need more of that. And I think when we have villains that are like composed of cocaine, even like I'm just like. Man, that brought me back to my like bar bouncing days. I was just like, where was this motherfucker when I was working at 4 a.m. at, at Brookside? <laughs> but I, I like I, it, it really shocked me because the, the first the first page of this is uh, you, you you open it up and and there's 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 we're cutting lines on the table. And these, these super villains are all like, uh, you know, uh, chatting and, and chatting and doing lines and trying to figure stuff out. And then and then all and then it just it gets crazy and it gets it just ramps up after that, like what a what a real co- uh, like comical way to, to kick off this issue which is interesting because when we left you know we find out that the protagonist has cancer and there's like all this there's this big worry uh and so yeah i'm really digging what you're doing with with daybreak uh and and i love that i love that you're so involved in it too like you're you're doing you know your inks and letters and you're writing it and you've gotten some great people to do variants for you and pinups and uh so like when's campaign three dropping dude just like i need i need it like yesterday i I cannot wait for it anymore (laughs) well thank you first of all i'm so glad that you liked it you got the titty cover right I did. I got. I. I. I ponied up for the nudie variant. I finally. I. Th- I've, I always think about it. I, I'm like, man. I. Because I'm a. I'm a. I'm a sucker for the. Uh, for for pinups, you know, and and they're usually clothed. But I. Fi- I finally was like, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm fucking. I'm gonna do it. And I got. I did it. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. It's a beautiful cover. I thought it was some nice tits on that cover. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, they, they look great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not sure when the third campaign is going to launch. I was hoping January. Oh, uh, really? But the artist is backed up on, on a different project until January. And I don't like to launch a book until it's done. Oh, okay. So it might be April, maybe the second quarter next year, which is frustrating because I really, uh, I've written all five. And the third issue is my favorite of the five so far. Oh really? That's that's no, that's the one I really want people to read, but it'll it'll get there when it gets there. Just hang in there, I guess. <laughs> I like I like that you want to wait to do it until they're finished, though, because I that's one of my worries, and especially like when I do the live show and stuff, which you guys <laughs> you guys were on the live show, and there's a lot of people who like hit me up and they're like, "Hey, I got this comic," and they show me like two pages and give me like a paragraph synopsis, and I'm like. Okay, I'm like, okay, it sounds cool, but like, you know, part of part of my deal and my brand is like, you know, if I tell people that they should back a Kickstarter, I'm backing it. You know, like like I'm I'm putting my money where my mouth is. And it's it's hard to do that sometimes when when you're shown like a unfinished product, you know, and 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 that like worries me. So I and I know not everybody can do it. I know like paying for art and everything, it, I know it gets expensive, but um, anyways, I I really appreciate you know people that that do this and and get everything finished I'm gonna, one second my dog kicked open my door i'm just gonna shut it real quick sorry hey guys while, while he's going what do you want to talk about oh he's back wait everyone's so dumb <laughs> yeah, so, no, good lines oh i always i'm always late to the party 
Yeah, here, here's here's a funny story. So I used to I used to like I was when I was when I was bouncing, I was partying pretty hard. Like and... I feel like you did a bunch of cool right before this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm too, yeah. I'm too fucking poor, man. I don't even I lost all I also, <laughs> like when I left the bar life, I lost I lost all those phone numbers and stuff too. But uh but there's there was this one time this waitress was drunk and you know the the, the server, you know, we there was all these beautiful women and, and like we were all partying late nights and I, I learned real quick, right, that, like, just because you, you know, like, they, they, they'll they give you attention sometimes, but, like, it doesn't mean anything's going to happen. And so I learned real quick, like, not to share my shit with everybody. And it's expensive, right? And so one night, this fucking server, so, like, they, I would, like, help, like, bus tables and stuff as a bouncer, and they they tip me out some extra money for extra cash. And I'm not, like, not a lot of money, man. Like, they, I, some of them, like, they'd give me like five bucks at the end of the night. If I was lucky, 10 or 15 bucks, if they, if they were closing and had a great night. And this one waitress, like never tipped me out that great. And one night was like crying. And she was like, you know, I give you extra money so that you'll share your cocaine with me. And you never do. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, Oh my God. Like, and so anyways, like just that little, a little talk reminded me of those fun times that I used to have at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, but yeah, anyways, it was, uh, it was, it was, I used to have fun, but I'm, I like the, uh, yeah, comic books actually got me to calm down. I, uh, I was being real stupid and I was quickly realizing that I could not, um, like I, I, I either had to like stop buying comic books or I had to stop like, you know, drinking and smelling stuff all weekend. And I, I luckily liked comic books more. And so like, that stuff kind of got me to, to calm down. And now I, now I like work from home in an office gig. So I'm like, I'm just like a boring cokeless podcaster. Now <laughs> you can only afford one vice at a time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, but, but it's, it, I like this vice. I like, you know, this it's better. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's better, it's better for me. And, uh, I like sleeping. Uh, you know, I, I really like, you know, when I get tired, I can just lay down and take a nap, you know, and not just have to like stare at the ceiling and like wonder if sleep will ever come before tomorrow. Like, yeah, I don't, I, so every now and then I'll like miss those crazy nights, but most of the time I'm like, I have a pretty good nerd life now. You know, I get to, I get to chat with like talented comic book people a few times a week. And, and I get like, I get more review copies of comics than I can read. And I'm just, I'm very lucky with, with Blake's buzz and everything. And it's, it's just, fu- it's funny how that happens. Like, you know, when, when you're used to like, you know, I've, I've, I've had those nights where like tables get flipped over and like big, scary bar fights, you know, and it's just like, and then the, the police come and like, everything's crazy. And, uh like you know like that that used to be like my monday through friday basically well except like it was like tuesday through sunday but because the weekend we worked over the weekend but you know like to, to, when that's your life and and now you're like no you know i just uh, i just read comic books and buy omnibuses now like it's great awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways but i so i do i just i was very keith i was very surprised at that opening scene uh and then also like later in the comic when we when, when her friends there and she's like is there why is there cocaine all over your apartment and she's like she's like i'm trying to clean it it gets everywhere and i was just the the running like cocaine gag of issue two was great so if and if issue three is better than that i'm i'm even more stoked man like because i i just i really love this this series it's uh i like the way you're printing it 
brilliant, uh, really great paper stock. Art is so good. Colors are so good. Like everything's everything's firing on, on all those cylinders. And and so I'm um, good things come to those who wait, though. So I, I will patiently wait for the campaign for issue three, but I'll, I will definitely be there to uh, yeah, to, to back it. Issue three really it kind of jumps into the dynamic between Doc Matter and Daybreak. Oh yeah, yeah, because that's what happened. Yeah, she, she started kidnapping him at the end, and, and what that's all about. <clears throat> so there's no more cocaine in there, but hopefully there's uh, some other good stuff that you're gonna like. <laughs> sorry, sorry, there's no cocaine in issue three, but we'll we'll try and get you guys back into it. We'll try and get you amped up about it again. No, no the, the art alone is like. I mean, you're telling a great story, but yeah, it's a, it's such a good looking comic. Um, and and this isn't like you've been around the block too. Like uh, you were you were inking with Jeff Johns in the JSA days and stuff, and doing cool stuff at, at DC like that. I I've had those three fucking massive brick JSA omnibuses forever, and I they're still in the plastic. Like I haven't got a chance to to read them because I'm always like prepping for shows and stuff. But like I. I really like I, I've wanted them for so long and I finally got them and then I finally get them and I've had them forever and haven't read them yet. Um, but I like I just think it's so cool. Like, I mean, that's such an iconic run of comics and a huge run of comics. And, you know, like to be a part of that. And then now with like with Black Adam and with his co-stars almost coming, it, it's almost a JSA movie. Like, have you gone to see it yet? No, I saw it the other day. Have you guys seen Black Adam, boy, the JSA sucked in Black Adam. Oh, bummer! No explanation of who they are or what they do or why they do it. Um, They're they're so poorly written and characterized in that movie. And I I do feel a little proprietary about the JSA because I worked on them for so long. Yeah, I I think they really dropped the ball. See, I love seeing them on the big screen. Even though I, to me, I'm like, where were these guys in Justice League when Mm. Darkseid attacked? Yeah, it made me wonder that. But otherwise, I thought Hawkman was really cool, and I thought Doctor Fate was really cool, and they're two of my all-time favorite characters. Plus, Pierce Brosnan, I'm a huge fan of the actor. Yeah, you're a nerd, Mike. You're such a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) I should write comics. Such a nerd. It's so crazy. I mean, I feel like it's like this with every big comic book movie. Like everything's like people get really passionate about them. And so it gets, you kind of have to like walk on eggshells when you talk about them online. Cause you could like say the wrong thing. Like, Oh, I thought it was okay. And then everybody gets mad at you. And then like, you know, <laughs> but you know, it, it, DC seems to be having a harder time than, than Marvel. Uh, even, even when like DC makes a good movie, like people are still like hypercritical about it because it's not Marvel because they don't have this like fucking 20 year saga and 40 movies. And uh, you know, like they were later to the game than Marvel was. Uh, and, and, and I, I read everything, right? Like I love indie comics. I also love big two. I love DC. I love Marvel. I love Spider-Man. I love Batman. Um, I will never, I, I hold no like allegiance to a sole publisher. I think people that do that are missing out on some really great reads and, and it's a kind of a bummer for them. Um, but, and I feel the same way about the movies too, but it's, I have not seen a lot of chatter about Black Adam and I haven't had a chance to go see it yet. I want to, cause I love the rock. Like he, he, he's just like infatuating on screen. Like he's, it's hard not to get excited, you know, when he's acting and performing and he just, he has like, a, he has like a good, like, like he's good he's a good actor i think um and and so uh, what about you ron daryl have you guys seen it like, just saw it yesterday what'd you think i i like the fact that it the the power levels were, i felt more comic accurate i mean so often you know 
you know, with the Marvel movies anyway, I felt like there's a, I don't know, a degree of, well, you know, in the comic, you know, this character would be stronger than that, et cetera. But, you know, I really felt that what Marvel would call class 100 strength, where uh, even Hawkman had, you know, his, felt like his superhuman strength, which I, for some reason, I don't remember Hawkman being that strong, but it was just a different interpretation, but just the, mm -hmm. the effects of the real comic style, almost John Buscema-esque type fight scenes. I, I was, I was happy with that. Um, the movie was better than I thought. I mean, a lot of modern comic movies I can kind of take or leave, but mm -hmm. um, it was a little bit better than I thought. So um, I'm almost willing to give it another uh, an another watch, maybe once it comes on, I'm assuming HBO Max or something like that. That's what, I, that's what I'm waiting for. Like, I, it, uh, I, I, I work in comics and video games. I don't, I don't get a chance to go to the movies. This is the... <laughs> This is the sad truth that there's too much work to do to actually go see the stuff that comes from the work. Um, but Dr. Fate's one of my favorite characters, so I got to drag myself out at some point, if for no other reason than to see that. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just stay home. You're good. <laughs> yeah. HBO Max is where it's at. Yeah, I I, I love HBO Max, man. I it I'm not like like scared of like people breathing on me and stuff anymore. But <laughs> like, you know, I, there was a time where I used to go to like the midnight showings and spend the twenty bucks and like you know go to a the I'd go to Seven Eleven and buy a bunch of candy and like sneak put it in my pockets and like sneak in and buy buy a drink at the theater and 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 so like you're you're looking at a thirty five dollar experience right for maybe if the movie's really good okay if it's not that good that kind of sucks but still like 35 bucks that's that's the price of a of a steelbook blu-ray or special edition or something right mm -hmm. so like once like they started putting shit like right on hbo max like i love it i have a new tablet i have a new oled fancy tablet i got for reviewing comics and you can lay down and lay the tablet like right on your chest and it looks like a giant screen because you can't see past it right and it's like i mean it's 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 similar to a to you know i i like watching movies that way and, and you know what's really cool is you can pause it and get up and go to the bathroom or something especially because these fucking superhero movies get longer and longer like there's like oh this one's three and a half hours great cool but like pause it in the middle like do an intermission something like help us out in the theater i don't know but the, there's one thing that you know the i mean my wife and i we just got a, a, a new big screen tv and all that and that's fine but after a while you know she worked from home just like i do we we got to get out of the house oh so, yeah, you know, yeah we you. have hbo max and all that netflix you name it but at some point we're like the walls are closing in. <laughs> so let's, let, you know, instead of watching on, waiting for Netflix or whatever, let's actually go to the theater and and you know get some popcorn, you know, all the old school things, and and have fun with it. And we did. Yeah, there's that's something cool. to be said for that. You know, if, if it's a movie that I really want to see, I I got to go to the theater. I mean, that's I want that experience. Um, I you know, uh, these are the same walls I look at all day. So uh, if <laughs> I can, if I, mean. get, if I can get out to the theater, um, you know, and have that big screen experience, there's still some sort of magic to, um, you know, to the to the lights going down and the and the you know the moving image on the on the giant wall in front of you. Yeah. yeah, unless you got to murder somebody because they're talking on their phone next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, <clears throat> I remember when I went and saw uh, one of the last the 
Maybe I think it might have. I think it was the, when I saw Force Awakens. I went on Christmas Eve. I was. I, I tried to get my dad to go. My dad and I used to go see all the big nerd movies together, and he he was like tired. We had a big dinner at, at his sister's house and stuff, and and there was like this eleven o'clock showing, and I was like, oh, I want to go see it, and he wouldn't go. So I go I go by myself, and and you know like it it was kind of busy, and so like a lot of the seats were taken, and this dude sat next to me, and we were we were talking Star Wars, and we were both excited about it. I mean, 30 minutes into this movie, man, he's he wasn't like leaning on me or anything, but he was passed out and snoring. And I was just like, God damn it, man. Like he's just <laughs> I'm like trying to watch The Force Awakens, and this guy's like, and I was like, Ugh. and I, you know, I didn't, I don't know. Like I I, I kind of like I kept thinking about like nudging him, like, hey man. And he he woke up at the end and apologized. He was like, Oh, dude, was I snoring? I'm sorry, dude. I was like, it's whatever, dude. Merry Christmas. Like, you know, <laughs> like for Christmas Eve, I'm not trying to like get in a fight at the movie theater. At, at a star wars movie or nothing but that's um but yeah that's I, other that's like my the only bad experience i've had in a movie i do like i do like with the superhero movies when like people get really into it and like clap and applaud like when people come onto the, the, the screen and stuff like that but even then sometimes you miss a line right everybody's like cheering or, or like you know when uh mm. or like it, when uh in endgame when when everybody comes back and and like and everybody cheered for a little too long and we were like okay shut up like people are talking i'm excited too but let's call Calm down, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, I do miss it. And the audio is like second to none, right? You can have you can have great you can have a great TV, um, but I mean there's not really home audio that can that can like compete with like the, the seat rattling subwoofers and hearing the noises bounce off the walls everywhere. Have you guys done that 4D shit where it like shakes you around and blows steam at you? No, some friends of mine have. I overseas, but I I, I would be interested in checking that out, yeah. My, my 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 buddy took his wife to see they saw venom and lost like a whole deal of like a ten, a ten dollar movie popcorn because it like it like bumped her and she like dropped the popcorn everywhere and so she my buddy's like it was pretty cool and she's like no it wasn't never again fuck that da, 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 da. but yeah i'm kind of interested too like it's uh but the, i mean those that's like a 30 dollar movie ticket so you gotta really want to you gotta really want to check those out and i guess the seats are real it's like a it's like a roller coaster seat kind of. And so it's like, it's not, you know, there's, there's, it's not those plush leather, like electric recliners that, you know, that you sit in now. So if you, I'm, I've been interested, but not, not enough to go. So I don't know. Seems cool. Maybe but anyways about you guys have a comic, all of it. That's what we were here to talk about. Not, <laughs> not random movies and, 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 and doing cocaine, but uh, thank you for participating in, those, in that discussion. Um, but so I'm really, like I mentioned, I'm really, uh, I'm really, really stoked for, for the new writer. Uh, and, and, and Ron, I'm really glad you brought up previously how, and you mentioned this on Twitter. I, I tweeted um, a, a, a splash page of Bernie Wrightson from Batman aliens um, of the, of the crocodile alien behemoth monster splash page. And you, you, you retweeted that and said that like the, the best, you know, the best part of, or, you know, the way to make good comics is to, is to work with a great artist and, and have them make you look better. And, and you have had great luck in that too. Cause you've, you've got, you've, you've had some awesome comics with, Really awesome uh, talent, um, making the pages look good. Daryl's Daryl's one of the many you've worked with, um, but I I do I like that because it wasn't that long ago where like the you know the, the the Twitter discourse right and 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 that that whole like writer versus artist bullshit that pops up every few months that like everybody's got like some real shitty hot take that gets passed around too much and we pay too much attention to like stupid stuff on the internet that we shouldn't. 
And I really just, I really appreciated you saying that, especially someone with like the writing credentials you have behind you and to, for like someone like you to come out and say, no, the artists are very important and we work for them and they make us look better. And I think, um, and I think when press, a lot of writers will say that, but it apparently doesn't get said enough. Cause like, oh, I, said, I don't, I don't, back. I don't think a lot of writers will say that. I think we've got a lot of writers who, um, uh, who are confused about, you know, who's the tail and who's the dog in this because <laughs> frankly nobody wants to read our scripts i mean that's not how this works nobody yeah. wants to read your script people are showing up to read a comic and if there's no art there's no comic exactly um you know daryl can go make a comic all by himself he doesn't need me i can't do that yeah well you could i saw that sketch cover you drew <laughs> the silver circle yeah. hey look man i got <laughs> I, I, you know, the guy, this is, I did a, I did a sketch cover commission at uh, Baltimore con and the guy, the guy was insistent. I'm like, you know, I don't draw, right? Like, that's not a thing that I do. That's why they pay me to write. Um, <laughs> he was insistent that I actually come up, you know, come through with this cover. So I said, all right, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can come up with. And, um, and he said, well, how much, you know, how much do I owe you? And I said, you know, you look at it and tell me what you think it's worth and we'll call it even. Um, so we came back the next day and I had drawn a really bad Silver Surfer drawing, um, which was 90% Silver Surfer's board with, <laughs> you know, because I can't draw, but I'm not stupid. Uh, was he peeking over like Kilroy? Yeah, he was peeking around the edge of the board. On the side, yeah. Um, so, uh, so the dude paid me 65 bucks. It was nuts. It's crazy. Bought my dinner that night. <laughs> I think that same guy, he sold the NFT of it for like $8,000. <laughs> he's just Boy. retired. Look, if he, if, he, if he can actually still sell NFTs, more power to him. Oh, that's the, that stuff. So, you know, I, I consider myself somewhat intelligent and I can't like when you try and like research um, stuff like that and like, like crypto and NFT and stuff. And, and like, it's like whatever source you find is incredibly biased uh, one way or another. And it's just, it's really hard to research and it just feels like everybody's just really mad about it. And so then I just quit caring. Um, I feel like that's just, but, but then you, you see people and there's like this, like this 22 year old college kid sold this thing for $160,000 and then he bought two more NFTs and sold those for a million dollars. And it's like, fuck me, man. Like maybe I should have paid attention like i just i always feel like i'm late to the game right like i i started i started podcasting when there's you know eight billion other pod every citizen on the planet has a podcast i feel like that you're, you're having to compete with you know and luckily not all of them are about comic books but um there are a lot of comic book podcasts and so it's just, i just feel like i'm always like a, a step behind uh daryl have you are, are you messed with any of that or are you just like no i'm gonna i draw cool pictures and and put them in real books and, and we just i have the whole nft thing i thought was maybe it's just a fad or whatever i remember getting an email from dc saying that they hadn't really made a final decision on it but then i did a show i don't remember which one it was where this guy had me sign some hal jordan uh cards that i guess that are paired with a you know, paired with an nft and i'm thinking uh it, and it looked official that's the thing i'm like i thought dc hadn't made a final decision on that so um I don't know. It's just one of those things where I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, oh, it's, it's good or bad. It's more like um, if it's a potential revenue stream, then, you know, I'd, I'd like to know more about it, but especially yeah. if my artwork is involved, but I don't know. It's, it's like one of those things where it's, it's hot right now. And then, you know, 
uh, six months from now, it'll be the, the answer to a trivia question. You know, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Does the Bradford Exchange do any of that? What's that? Does the Bradford Exchange do any of that? NFTs? Um, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah. No, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, we focus mainly on, you know, tangible things you know uh that you can put on your coffee table and enjoy <laughs> see that's that's the stuff i like i i used to be i used i was never like a hundred hundred percent purist but you know it wasn't until recently when i started being comic book press and and people send me pdfs to review and stuff and then that my the way i read comics kind of changed right and then now with like the subscription services we have you know like when i was doing research for for you and ron like i i pay for uh dc infinite and i upgraded to ultra and, and I think it's, I think it's awesome. And, you know, when you have a nice tablet um, to, to, you know, like I, I have like a 12 and a half inch tablet. So it's, it's about the size of a comic book, a real comic book page, you know, like, um, you know, reading them on a phone and stuff isn't that great, but, you know, to just to be able to have like tens of thousands of comic books, like anytime you have a, a, a Wi-Fi connection or a cell phone connection to, to download them is, is really impressive. And to, to be able to just kind of like uh, dive into the, you know, over 50 issues you guys did of green lantern and then like go back and look at ron's like silver surfer run and not have to buy a hundred dollar omnibus or buy a whole bunch of trades some of which may not be in print anymore you know and then and also i think um i i think it, it's helping with piracy too because we especially in, in indie comics like you know piracy piracy gets books canceled like it's it really is it, it really has a large impact hundreds of thousands of people illegally download comics uh and and it's and it's easy to do uh, and, and, you know, I think with these new services, I, a lot of people will be like, okay, like I can do 10 bucks a month, you know, or something like that. You know, like I, I, I could do that instead of like go to these weird websites that might give me a virus and, <laughs> you know, not so I'm, I'm, I really like that. And, and again, like it's, it was very cool to, uh, go back and read some of your uh, Green Lantern issues and, and see how, see when you guys like first came together, see Kyle Rayner, like, you know, uh, Kyle, see, see Kyle come to fruition, right? Like he's, he's a big name now. He's been around for a long time and he's, he's, you know, you know, you're, you know, you got a big character in comics when they die and come back. Right. Like that's always, <laughs> you know, and, and he's done, you know, he's, he's done that. He, and, uh, and so it was really cool to, uh, it was, it was crazy to, to see the, uh, refrigerator scene that, that everybody knows. Right. But to, uh, to kind of reread the, the, the refrigerator scene. Oh, <laughs> 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 but you know like i knew it was coming and but the way the way it, it hits it's it's a lot more impactful when you read the previous issues because like you know they're you know, kyle and alex are getting back together and you know like he's you know she's not letting him in the bedroom yet and he's like sleeping on the couch and she's kind of helping him you know fall you know fall into this role as a hero and there, there's a lot of things that were leading up to that and so like i knew it was coming but then i was like the closer I got to it, I was like, I don't really want this to happen. Like, I really like Alex. <laughs> and so, and Wasn't so like that, that panel rewritten or, or redrawn? It certainly was. Um, you had to redraw it? Well, it's more like just um, I had to make a refrigerator door to cover up the, the open fridge. And the, the oh. thing is, you know, uh, classic case of, of censorship gone bad. You know, it was the, the Comics Code Authority, I guess, was still in effect back then. And it was thought that oh we can't show this you know this dead body in the fridge so you know we've got to cover it up and the first thing i thought was oh wait a minute you know uh maybe i just have the world's smallest fridge but you know I, there's no way i can get a, a body in my fridge so if you cover it up it'll look like she's in pieces in there 
And that's exactly what everybody thought. You know, it was much more horrific. Now, either way, she was dead, but at least you could see she was dead and intact. But, you know, you, it's sort of like what made Jaws so scary. You know, as a kid, you know, we know what a shark looks like, but it's the implication that's when you in, involve your imagination, it, it just can, can take it to a weird place, you know. Yeah. Ron, what? Because you there, so like I, I love, I love Gail Simone, and and Gail, I mean, you know, Gail started that whole women in, in refrigerators deal. Now, I, I understand the critique, but like I, like I mentioned, you know, you guys made Alex a real character and gave her agency and made the audience care about her, which made all that so much more impactful. But there are a lot of uh, other writers that will like offer up the the sacrificial lamb. And so, like, like I said, like, I kind of understand the critique, but I, I also think that you guys did it well at the, at the time. I think it was really intense and, and uh, it, it, it felt, uh, it felt very modern DC. Cause I mean, modern DC is a little bit darker than, than Marvel is like when you look at like Tom King's Batman or, or Scott Snyder's Batman, or um, you know, even, even like the going back to like death of Superman in, in the nineties, you know, like it, that was that was dark and, and and momentous but it also had like a lot of hope and emotion behind it and that this was very like cold calculated killer like and 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 it was very you know very like if like ncis or whatever those fucking shows were good right and it's you know like it had that sorry if you guys watch those i think they're i don't like them. How anyway. dare you? <laughs> but but you know like what 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 do you think about that with the with the whole like refrigerator uh, thing? You know, would if 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 knowing knowing what you know now, would would you would you keep that in the script for Kyle to 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 make him become who he was, or if 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 like someone offered you like a fucking infinity gym and you could go back and change things, would you or would you stick to it? Well, you know, you can't look back and say, oh, I you know, I wouldn't do that thing now. You know, I I did it. It was. Um, it fulfilled the purpose of why we did it certainly yeah. and it, i think and it's also it's also a valid criticism i think both things can be true at the same time um because it is a it is certainly a comic trope and not just a comic trope but a trope for you know uh tv film mm -hmm. um a lot of different kinds of storytelling where you know where your hero does not pay the price for the your hero's uh, stupidity or inadequacy or anything like that. Um, certainly, the 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 comparison is to Gwen Stacy. Um, yeah, and and that's that's valid as well. But that's not what I was thinking of at the time. I, at the time, um, I was really comparing it to um, this was this was Kyle's Uncle Ben moment. This was where his um, him not taking his his role and his responsibility seriously enough got the person that he cared about the most killed um same thing with peter parker so mm -hmm. um and and because there was not a you know it was not an uncle ben situation it was a his girlfriend who was frankly a better person than he was and much more responsible than he was and probably would have been a better green lantern than he was at that time <laughs> um you know we built the story so that you actually liked her better than him at that point anyway yeah and and you know you were supposed to feel bad you were supposed to be shocked and that and feel like this is you know this is a terrible thing that shouldn't have happened um if you've got a character in your book that you kill off and the audience doesn't care you haven't done your job properly exactly so the fact that the audience was upset was kind of the point that was uh, the point um we wanted you to feel like um 
this was an absolute tragedy. And we also wanted you to feel like, um, you know, the uh, this was an example of the bad guy being a bad guy. Um, this, this was um, this was literally life or death stakes, mm-hmm. which which frankly was not often the case in D.C. books for for years that you know the old rap was always that um marvel villains wanted to conquer the world and dc villains robbed banks um so um so we wanted to make you know we wanted this to have a serious and deadly turn and obviously obviously we did that there's a lot that goes along with it um you know it's a it's a phrase in the lexicon now it's a meme um (laughs) for good or ill you know it is what it is so i don't think i would go back and change anything um maybe do some things slightly differently but i don't think we would erase it yeah i i I don't think you should like i said i i thought the i thought the emotional appeal paid off also like just a really dark time for dc right coming coming back from the the death of superman and then like you know hal's whole city is destroyed and then and then you guys you guys took hal and you broke him and and you sent him into a, a downward you know spiral of like just like unhealthy like mental you know you know un- mental unhealth and and just he lost it right and then all the things that happened with like parallax and stuff and like just a re- it's just a really cool time in comics that like i want to go back i've read bits and pieces of the parallax narrative but never like have i gone to like like had the opportunity to like read because there's several events tied into that after death of superman and then there's like the the deal where he like can't you know, he like destroys the sun and then he sacrifices himself like final night right that's her and then there's um there, there, you know there's some other stuff going on there and and like i said now we have these apps right and so like now instead of buying like all these omnibuses or finding these like there there's been times where i've spent 90 dollars on a trade paperback because like we didn't have these digital services like we do now uh and and it was like you either either you know you're shit out of luck or you, you got to buy this right because like comics like there was a time when comiXology wasn't a big deal and didn't have all their library you know the stuff you can get now so you know digital digital comics have a lot of great stuff going for things like this you can go back and experience this like years and years of of influential backstory uh to to like you know dc and and marvel and i really really want to go i really want to go through like the whole parallax saga and 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 see how like you know break and then defeat everybody and then you know kind of like find himself again and and then he sacrifices himself to save the world and so like i had no idea any of this happened right until i read jeff john's green lantern rebirth and i remember reading that and i was was so lost i was like what the fuck is everybody talking about like this is supposed to be like a new a rebirth it's supposed to be a new thing for like new readers and i'm reading it and i'm like i have no idea what's happening like and then i that like led me to kind of go back um very similar to what marvel did uh the last few years with like the uh house of x and powers of x and jonathan hickman x-men reboot like or you know like they it is a fresh stepping on point but it's also like it's going to make you ask questions and you're going to go you're want to going to go back and, and do research when you guys are I, this is a question for all of you like i guess um when you guys are, are doing stuff like that these like big influential moments uh with with like you know cast of characters that are very important and and uh and and people know right and and they they come to you and they're like all right you're gonna do this run and you know like try and make it new reader friendly but also like remember all these you know hundreds and hundreds of issues that came before like i mean how how do you like how how does how do you go about doing that because i like like ron you and you and daryl did that 
uh, with with Green Lantern it helps a little bit. You got a brand new character, like okay, so like that helps a little bit. Um, but then like you know, looking at like John's JSA run and like that that did a lot of new stuff and and brought a lot of these old like old DC characters into the light again. Um, and you know, just like how do you like tiptoe around that to where you like tell a new story but you're still respecting like everything that came before. Well, it's, I mean, that's just the job. That's, you know, that's like asking a batter, you know, how, you know, how do you hit a curveball? That's the job. Um, your, your job as a storyteller is to, is to not throw out the baby with the bathwater. You sort of uh, keep an eye on the stuff that happened in the past, but you don't mire your story so much in what happened in the past that it's incomprehensible to, uh, to new readers. Uh, to me, you, you, you find a way to strike that balance and make sure that you are appealing to new readers. Because if all you're doing is appealing to old readers, eventually the book gets canceled. Mm. Um, so Green Lantern was, for us, was very much a uh, a jumping on point. And we had a great vehicle to do that with because we had a new character that didn't know anything, was not part of the DCU already, did not know any of the other heroes or really any of the of the legacy of the the Green Lantern mythology. Um, so we had a perfect vehicle to um, to educate not only the Kyle, not only the main character, but to educate the readers as they went on that journey with him. So, um, but that's a matter of craft, you know. That's a matter of understanding how you uh, how you approach this stuff and what elements you need in the story, so that um, so that new readers feel like they're in on the ground floor and they're welcomed and they're learning as they go, um, rather than feeling like the you know. Which, which I think happens too often now, is that rather than feeling like the, the continuity and the backstories that are, um, you know, rife with uh, the big two universes, um, are a barrier. You know, you don't you don't want a barrier. You want to welcome him. You want to welcome that. Okay. And what about what about like on the on the art side? So like like Keith and Daryl, when when you guys are, um, when you're when you're read when you're designing characters, um, and 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 you're modernizing them for the time right like how many like like the how, parallax how just look cool like the, the 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 shoulder piece and everything like it just like it still looks great like i said man that that glow in the dark cover i could stare at that all day and i did as a child like i just like it was it was amazing and then and even kyle like kyle has like the kind of extra um you know it's it's not just a, a simplistic suit like the rest of the core right it's not just a suit and a ring and and uh and so like those those little instances like or the, the little minor changes uh, we can call it modernizing it or or you know however you want to say it like how hardly like, is that it it's, it's got to be tricky right because I, I feel like it wasn't just like you didn't just like draw one quick sketch and you were like oh there he is like this is what Hal looks like now and that's oh exactly here's, what it like. <laughs> it's like this is that's easy peasy boom done like and and uh i mean like did, did you do you got because i know like i always see like the you know in like back matter and stuff of some books there's like several character designs and like you go back and forth and so is it, it you know is it a lot of like were you a lot of working with ron or or, or like you know keith like with with jeff and and dc editorial and stuff like when you i mean what what's your like thought process when you're when you're totally like redesigning a character clarity i think is, is one of the things i was going to start with what we were going for but really 
even beyond that from a foundational principle, it, it has to fill a sense of clarity. I think about some of our favorite iconic superheroes. You can even tell who they are from their silhouette. You know, I mean, it, it, if you see Batman silhouette, if you see even Superman silhouette, you're thinking, well, it's so simple, but it's also not so much his costume, but it's how he stands, the poses that he'll take. You know, mm -hmm. I think about when we were designing, uh, working on, uh, uh, Ryan Earp. Ryan, you know, I think my first couple of sketches, I made him too muscular. Wonder why from the years of doing superheroes. <laughs> and then Michael was like, yeah, we want to slim him down. You know, he's he's not the, you know, he's not going to solve any of his adventures, you know, with his fists. He's going to use his brain. So we, we need to slim him down. So we, we went through a, a few different passes till I felt like it was, you know, it was something that really worked with. And plus, he's appeared before, so it had to feel consistent, even though this was a, a prequel. But, you know, he couldn't, you know, my, my initial sketch really did hardly look like him. So I'm like, oh, OK, let me let me fine tune this. But the, the key is, I think you, you, you don't want to have you want to have something that I think the readers will be able to readily recognize, even the the. Uh, the uniforms in the story that that we're doing in Riot Earp, you know, they, they, they feel like realistic um, officer uniforms, but with a, just some sci-fi tweaks here and there, so that it feels like it's a it's the future, but it's a recognizable future, you know, from the the gravity boots that they have and and the the, the insignias are still pretty close to what we have today, but just some real uh, subtle differences. I'm really excited to go to Mars in in <laughs> in this new Riot comic. Like I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty hyped for that. Uh, I I just I really like Mike's this spy kind of spy agent universe he's built. Uh, and so yeah, like I'm and just to to see how you guys are going to handle this this prequel to kind of like relaunch it in a sense and um and just with like your guys's name recognition like i'm i'm hoping mike gets a, a, like mike's on because i think more people need to i said this the last time before you guys were involved with the comic like more people need to read riot erp it's a it's a great it, it's it's everything wonderful about comic books uh you know and it's like there's a lot of things we it's this world that's not unrecognizable but it's a little more high tech things are a little bit differently but you know we're still dealing with the same political clusterfuck that we're dealing with now basically you know like nothing's nothing's that different and and it's and it's i love i i never get tired of like when he tries to fight and and fumbles up like everything like i think in the in the in the newer the, the the newer issues when he's in london when he like headbutts somebody and he and he, he's like it doesn't work at all and he's just like oh i gotta remember not to do that anymore and it's just like yes as as someone who's i've tried to headbutt somebody before and it, i don't I, I i think it's a it's, i'm pretty sure it's a lie i think like headbutt is like purely cinematic pleasure because i don't know anybody <laughs> who can just be like fuck you you're done like i've tried to do that and it's like a pro wrestling thing yeah it, in real life it doesn't work that way man it's it's like uh, it's like oh like for a second you can't see anything and then like it's like <laughs> there's not the you don't really ever see stars right but there's like the, the everything like it's funny because they when you get knocked out uh, you kind of like see these flashes of white right and then you kind of come and then and then your vision comes back and uh and and that's what happens when you try and headbutt somebody so and, and then usually and usually they're not as bad off as you are like usually they're like right there squaring off ready to hit you again so anyways i'm i, I really appreciated the realness of that headbutt scene mike and i just <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad someone's out there telling the truth <laughs> the, shit. the world needs to know Truth. that headbutts don't work yeah trying to make it yeah as as realistic as possible in in the the futuristic setting you know and 
And it's funny because last time we were together, yeah, you you mentioned you know you keep thinking it's a it's a spy book, and I think people see different genres in the book because every issue is like a different genre. Yeah, and but overall, I I, I consider it uh, just it's a story about a putz who gets into <laughs> into trouble, you know, and and thinks his way out of it. And that, uh, and every that needs issue to be a where, genre. You, know, you got the um, putz genre. Yeah, you got <laughs> it's a you got book. espionage. You got police procedural. You got car chases. You got uh, um, terrorist attacks. Um, the next uh, the next stories will have a a, a a murder mystery for him to solve. Oh, cool. You know, so how, I, how I, long I, I just want to keep things different. If you if you can keep doing this for as long as you want to, like how long are you planning on running this? As long as I can. Just, yeah, right. You have not, not like a real big end. Like you're not like nine issues, and then we're done. You're just you want to keep like keep pushing it. Yeah, I I, I thought of this as a as an ongoing. Uh, I, I actually have um, fourteen stories in you know fourteen scripts written wow what and uh you know and if uh you know people keep buying it i keep putting it out cool man i'm i'm glad like and and i think it you know anthologies are hot right now i know they're terrible to run so like you know i i know it's like really hard to like organize and get everybody on the same page and it's, uh, a, and it's a lot of it's a lot of cats to herd that's why yeah I <laughs> come out late all the time so it takes but, one person to be late that the whole thing's late yeah, or 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 you know, recently there's there's a big Kickstarter travesty for for a big campaign that they just the guy like the, the money's gone and he like can't print it and everybody I guess so I mean like you know I lots of crazy shit can happen in anthologies but I do I like the idea of you bringing in outside creative teams to mm. tell different parts of of the story. Um, like I said, I I dig your writing too, and 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 um, the art is wonderful, but. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a cool idea. Like to, to bring like, um, especially this creative team also, but I mean, you know, just, you know, people like, even if you brought like Keith in to do some stuff or, you know, I just, it's, it's a, a good idea that, you know, these well, maybe, maybe... bring Keith to do some stuff. <laughs> Keith, Keith is Keith and his buddy Alfie. You know, when I do think it's the way to do a daybreak, uh, right. Or a crossover. I know I've been here for that for a while. Actually. I would pay to see that, and I would also pay for a nude cover with 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 Ryan. Just just <laughs> hang some hang some dong on the taking day break to bed. <laughs> just I, like... I try. Didn't <laughs> give it up easy. <laughs> Um, Keith, I, I, I passed over you uh, a, a little bit ago, I've, uh, but I did want to know, like when you were when you were doing line work for for JSA and stuff, like were did, were you involved in in any of like any any character changes or or like like evolution of looks and and stuff like that while you were working on that, or did they keep not, you like not really? Tight? When I I wrote a few issues, um, and I I designed I changed Stargirl's costume for that arc, mm. I designed her costume for that arc, and that was just a case of doing one sketch and then giving it to the penciler. Uh, and then he just took it the rest of the way and then I inked it. But I like to, I do that my own characters a lot for my creator own books, which is fun. And I just try to make myself laugh. I always put little in jokes in that only I recognize shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, you know, not, not for DC so much. Well, as, as someone who's, who's ca very capable of, of doing, um, a lot of different elements of the comic book creation process. Like you're, you're a good writer. You're, you're a great artist. Uh, your lettering is real solid too. 
um i mean like what's your what's what's your favorite like where where do you feel most comfortable like would you rather be writing or do you or or do you um do you or do you like to just be in, in control of everything and you're like the puppeteer behind the scenes like playing the strings i think um oh i think right now lettering is my favorite it's what i'm enjoying doing the most like i wrote a script last week for a book that i'm doing for aftershock um and I wanted to fucking shoot myself in the head. <laughs> you know, I love to write. Like, you know, I would, I would write every day for the rest of my life and never do anything else if I could. Uh, but it's so hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, lettering is just uh, because it's still relatively a new discipline for me. Uh, it's has a, I feel a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot more at play when I do it. I don't feel like it's so much it's a work as it is like a new hobby that I'm discovering and I'm figuring out how to do better and better at it. You know, more, more, uh, tricks and tips and techniques. Uh, so yeah, right now it's, it's lettering. I can tell you're having fun with it too. Like, especially in, in issue two of uh, daybreak, like you're yeah. the different, the different bubbles you use and the, the style, like everybody, you know, different characters have like their own fonts and stuff. And, um, are you, do you do the, do you do the, the, the big sound effects and stuff too? Yeah. Nice, man. I, you're, you're fucking killing it. Like as, as like, I would not have, I, I would not have expected to read that and then have the creator behind it be like, actually lettering is kind of a new thing for me. I just started it yesterday and it turns out I'm like fucking killing it. Like, no, I'm just not talented. It's like <laughs> no, you know the other aspect of learning that I like is I think it's really complementary uh, to my writing. Hmm. Um, I think every writer should try to letter their own book at least once because it really makes you look at your dialogue, and it really makes you sometimes pare down your dialogue to what's more important as opposed to like what's clever or you know. It, it just. Uh, I think one discipline helps the other, and the other they they they're very symbiotic. Yeah, but Ron, I, Ron I'm an illustrator, and try to letter a book. I think you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> one, I ain't gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> and two, I think you know, I think one of the great learning curves for a writer is to get his first story back lettered and to see what that translation looks like on the page. Oh, for oh. sure. Um, you know, that's, that's a, you know, that's a learning curve that you can only experience by having it put back in your inbox and going through it. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think, I hope that teaches a lot of writers lessons about what they shouldn't do. Um, and it's, a, it's a lot of stuff about, you know, where the balloons can fit, how much fits in a balloon, mm-hmm. um, cross balloon tails and all sorts of stuff, because I think a lot of writers don't necessarily picture the you know picture the art when they're writing the dialogue um yeah but that's part of the job to go back in and fix that dialogue so that it it literally fits um and figuratively fits what's in each panel of the artwork um your uh you know the writer's words are not as important as the art so don't write six balloons in each panel and cover up all the art because (laughs) the art's there to tell the story (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I know, like, you know, when I letter Mike's dialogue, especially, like, he likes to do a lot of, like, cross-cutting dialogue in one panel where characters are talking back and forth to one another. Mm-hmm. And as a writer, that's something I really avoid. I, I don't like that because I don't feel like a comic book is a TV show or a play. It's it's a static image. Um, but I'm learning from Mike's approach, too, to, like, reevaluate my opinion. And I'm starting to incorporate that a little bit more in my own writing, like trying to make it work 
not overdoing it, but just like adding it as another element to my dialogue, which is, you know, it's a learn. Everything's a learning curve. I do. I think that's interesting about comics is like, no matter how long you've been in the industry and what kind of accreditations you have, like behind your name, like that's not, you're not the only person who's ever mentioned that, that it's like, there's always, there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to think about. Uh, I think a lot of that comes with like the magic of comics, right? Whereas this, it's a teamwork, you know, like everybody's doing different things. Uh, You're when you work with different people, they do things differently. Of course, um, sometimes that ends up being for the better, sometimes for the worse. Not everybody gets along. Not everybody vibes great all the time. But it's it's interesting how like the you know established pros will will oftentimes say like you know well like this was a new learning experience and it's like how do you have anything else to learn you're a fucking genius but okay like sure like i'll, I'll go with it um so I, I think that's one of the magics the, the one of the cool things about comics is it it's um great comics are always going to keep you on your toes you always got to think about you know the, the 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 layout and um how many words to have you know like on on a page or and just all the all the little things that, that go into making like a really great comic book because it's not all splash pages right it's not all it's not all a, a full page you know batman nightmare where his parents are laying in crime alley with a fucking face hugger on their on 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 Mrs. Wayne's face and and a, and a hole in, in Mr. Wayne's chest, which you know, like 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 Ron and Bernie who, did. Who would come up with such a thing? Oh my God! I I've been wanting to like personality I, I, would do that. Is that true? Did, did you do that, Ron? It's so true. I it's never crazy. read that book. I want to go read that now. That Dude, crazy. you you got to fucking read it. It's a trip. It's so so crazy. Like oh my God, my my buddy. Um, when I told him I was uh when I told him you guys were gonna do the show and, and I was like I was like Ron's Ron Mars is gonna be on my show and he was like he was like Ron Mars Batman aliens and I was like I didn't know about it. I was like I was like wait there's a Batman I knew like there was some DC and, and Dark Horse did some stuff, but I was like what? He was and he handed me his copy. He was like, dude, you gotta read this. And it's like a half trade, it's like 50 pages, it's like a nice perfect bound um like the, the the ones dark horse printed were cool but yeah there's there's a nightmare scene and it's there's in 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 crime alley like it's they're like laying in crime alley and like it's you know bernie's art is is unreal and and just like it's it is it's a it's a night like like batman's having a nightmare and it is one of the most nightmarish panels and and it's so cool because everybody always complains like anytime we get like a new batman comic or a new batman movie or something like there's always a shot with the pearls and crime alley and everybody's like how many fucking times we got to see these his dude's parents die like everybody knows his parents get shot in crime alley like we know this we don't need to see it all the time and so what ron and bernie do is like well you never saw this and like and now you'll never unsee it because it's just like it's so it's so it's so amazing um i i really hope like i wish that stuff would get reprinted because that's like that's another weird deal like not on comiXology it's not on the dc app it's you know you sometimes find them in the bins at comic book stores there was a trade but the trades kind of I've been trying to find it. It's like, it's, it's like, if you want a good condition of the, of the, of the Batman alien predator stuff, uh, it's, it's like 70 bucks or upwards. If you want like a new mint copy of it. Um, so yeah, like I, I wish they'd reprint some of this stuff. And I know now things are weird. Cause like now Marvel's got the rights to aliens and predator and everything's just yeah, they, a big, they, they won't be printing. They won't be reprinting that anytime. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a bummer. Bad. Like, cause yeah, more, like I said, more, more people really need to, 
like get go go to your local shops and 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 do some do some diving and and try and find these these issues because they they are really great uh really like I, i've never read anything quite like it it's it's not just like an ip mashup for money like there's real great storytelling there and it's i mean it's it's batman against a xenomorph and it's everything that you think it should be and still surprises you um and the, and then the whole yeah the, the, the giant monster alien at the end too is just icing on the cake but yeah, yeah anyway like, hey keith it's good you should read it yeah you should keith you should check it, it out uh, was it single issues first and then collected it was yeah. uh it was actually Actually, there were two short stories in Dark Horse Presents where we couldn't actually tell people that it was um, a precursor to Batman Aliens because, you know, DC might have frowned on putting Batman in Dark Horse Presents. Um, so there was no indication of what it was exactly. But then those two short stories lead into two prestige format um, Batman Aliens. So okay. It's, it's, I looked uh, it up all your time. It's about, I don't it's know. It's like 50 bucks on Amazon. So I don't want to read yeah, that. I got I to go digging through boxes downstairs now. <laughs> I must have some copies left. Yeah, it's it it really it it really did uh, impress me, and I, I I it made me really hope like because when when Marvel got the rights back, they did all those like alien uh, cross or the, just the covers, like they put like xenomorphs on a lot of covers, and there's like Guardians of the Galaxy and xenomorphs and like mm. all these like really great awesome covers from from great artists and like man like it just seems so foolish of, of them not to not to be like let's do a wolverine xenomorph one shot or like or a four issue mini series where the xenomorphs invade krakoa like it's it's it seems like money ready to be printed um and so i i just like all the heads at marvel that listen and watch my show i hope you guys are, are listening to this and you know see what ron did here and take that to that none of them listen to my show but we can we can <laughs> pretend um yeah I, I i i that just really impressed me ron and, and 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 i got i know i've kept you guys a while and i just got one one more thing um i've recently been introduced to cross gen okay and like holy shit i don't know how i missed this I, I like, I wasn't paying attention, uh, 20 years ago, I guess. Um, and, uh, and I just, they, Marvel just re or they did the, the cross gen tales released last Wednesday. Um, and it had, it had four of the premier issues of cross gen. And then now we know that they're going to do an omnibus next year of one of the series. Like Ron, do you, have you been talked to about this like like everybody keeps telling me to read the path and unfortunately like you like these things i like, can't really it's hard to track down and these are big runs like these it's not Get just on uh, ebay <laughs> yeah ebay's ebay's your friend uh, yeah I, um i i bought all these i collected all the cross-gen stuff when they came out but it's like all over the place so recently so when marvel announced the cross-gen stuff I'm, I'm like okay i i ordered all the trades oh nice yeah um Are, yeah i mean they, i know they they asked me to write the intro for the uh reprint that just came out last week uh so there's some you know tales told out of school in the in the intro um and yeah i i actually didn't even know that they were reprinting uh they were doing a sigil omnibus yeah um until somebody on somebody on social media told me i had no idea it, it, that seems like an odd choice uh, to be the first one out of the gate because it was not one of the better selling titles. But um, you know, it was just, it's you know it's solid space adventure sci fi. Um, so you know, we'll see. I, I imagine if the if the sigil omnibus comes out and sells fairly well, we'll see some more of them. You know, we'll see 
the rest of the series uh, get some sort of collection um, because there's a lot of material sitting there. Tons. It's crazy when I started um, looking at it. Like, and at, you know, at the very least, I would think that, you know, putting that stuff out digitally is free money. That's uh, yeah. Uh, and that stuff is, you know, ironically, Crossing was like the first place to offer uh, offer all of its material digitally. Um, they had a they had a comics on the web subscription service, um, you know, sort of being a little bit ahead of the curve. Wow. Um, and now and now none of it's out there. Now none of it's available digitally because um, I, I know when Disney bought CrossGen, CrossGen provided files for all of that stuff and who knows where it ever went to. Yeah, that, it, I've always thought some of that stuff is weird because like like right now, like Marvel has the new Alien comic out, which I really dig. And I read that on Marvel Unlimited, but the Dark Horse reprinted stuff that they are putting out with omnibuses, Marvel branded omnibuses. And now they're getting uh, there's a new Alien Epic collection. They're about to start releasing them in Epics. Uh, none of that is on Marvel Unlimited. And uh, and uh, and Conan was the same way, but now they lost Conan. So that that kind of made sense, like to why they were kind of hesitant to put that on there but there's yeah there's all these like marvel comics that like are not are, are marvel now but they like aren't on unlimited which is a bummer um but yeah cross like a lot of people ron that that like you and and like your work are will scream from the rooftops that your work at crossgen is some of the best stuff you've written in in your long and fruitful comic book career and and the path is one of the titles that comes up more than than the others and uh and so like i i i had that bummer like i was like i heard about this and i'm like google i'm like when the fuck is cross gen like google cross gen there's like hundreds and hundreds of comics like spans over all these years and then you can't find them anywhere and it's like oh shit and then and then marvel releases this like weird collection with you know four number ones to like you know get you thirsty but then takes the water away it's like maybe we'll give you water again later but not yeah. for a while i'm down on ebay yeah i think ebay is probably the easiest choice yeah, i you know so I, I, I actually I actually had a complete set of the path and gave it to somebody a couple months ago so uh i i was able to put together a complete a complete path set um out of out of uh you know long boxes in the basement so I've still got a decent chunk of that stuff, um, but you know they're they're out there in quarter bins and on eBay and all that. Uh, and it, who knows, more of that stuff might be out there on eBay as people realize that Marvel's going to um, reprint this stuff in omnibuses now, and yeah, um, and people start dumping their collection because it's not going to be worth anything once the omnibus is out there. Cause then that's going to be easy to buy. See, I, I always, I never know what way that shit's going to go. Cause I, I, when I started buying too many comics, when, when COVID was scary, right. When like people, a lot of every, people were like dying. It was intense. Like the vaccines and stuff weren't out. Everybody was scared. And I, I started getting, I, I bought, I bought too many comics. Like I was just, I found retail therapy and I fell into it real hard. And I started collecting omnibuses and now I real like I have too many. I'm never going to fucking be able to read all these books I bought, especially now because I get like new stuff to review and, and prep for interviews and stuff. Um, and but there was there was times when like the omnibuses were like if you didn't buy it, like when it when it came out, like the they would they would sell out in like a week or two and then like people would double double price stuff on ebay and like tax it to the max and so like i never i never know like if when they announce these new books if like if people are gonna like 
ramp up the price of the trade, you know, like, and be like, try and get some, try and like, you know, squeeze the rock, you know, and get all the water out of it. Or if it's going to go the other way and be like, Oh, like I can easily like dive into this new world now. Um, so I am going to have to check that out. Cause yeah, it's, uh, like I said, so many people, um, when, when talking about your work, that, that cross gen comes up and, and with as many people who knew about cross gen, there's still, there's a lot of people like me who like, didn't really know about CrossGen. And then now, you know, at last Wednesday, there's this new, like, you know, $9, you know, hefty collection. Um, you know, for, well, I mean, it's, a, it's basically a trade, but, uh, and, and it's got, um, uh, it, it's got two of your books in it, which are like, were fucking awesome. And like, I was it, like, I knew it, like I knew when I read it and I like got excited and then I was like, I'm gonna have to wait a long time now. Like is what it felt like. I was like, I'm, I'm gonna have to like, wait to get my fix but yeah i didn't i didn't because it's it's such a huge run like i didn't know how hard it would be to track down like back issues or trades and stuff like that so i'll have to i'll have to deep dive into the internets and see what i can scrounge it up well there's you know there's uh, uh i i think it's well part of it is the thrill of the hunt right uh you can try to find stuff out there but uh, you know for years all that stuff just sat in you know 50 cent and dollar bins it's crazy. Um, maybe it's maybe it's rolling around again so that uh you know it's like every every 20 years the, the nostalgia kicks in people people want what they had when they were you know 12 years old but now they've got disposable income and they can actually get it again yeah with, with a, a, an adult an adult child with adult money right it's a it's a wonderful thing to be <laughs> well guys this was really awesome like i, I as as a nerd like I just appreciate getting to talk to all you guys. I I so respect all of you and, and the work and attitude and great things you bring to the medium. Or I just can't express it enough. Uh, as a person with a show and a podcast, it is an honor to have you all on my show. Like I, I mean that like one hundred and ten percent. Even Mike, I'm just kidding, Mike. I love you, <laughs> but like it, I I just um I it was so crazy when when he came to me and was like, hey, I want to like come on you know usually usually i'm the one like you know like i'll i'll like buy some of your guys's books right and retweet them and be like oh i got this collection from ron and daryl and like i'll like you know like grease the wheels and then like and then i'll talk about how great the comic is and then i'll be like hey i got this show you guys maybe want to come on and, and i didn't have to do any of that michael just like hit me up he was like hey i got this new kickstarter going want to bring all these guys on your show and i was like are you serious <laughs> holy shit like yeah um so uh, so michael like thank you for thinking of me like i i really appreciate it uh sure. blake's buzz always got a home for for riot Earp, no matter who's working on it um i love i love the comic i want to see more of it i want i want you to succeed in that and Thanks. so yeah it's and so so real quick it's because I'm I'm the polite and gracious podcast host that I am, uh, this is where we go around. Uh, anything you guys want to shout out, anything that we didn't talk about, if you guys got something to promote, Patreon, website, newsletter, where do we find you online, any of that. Uh, let's start with Keith. Where do we find you at, bud? Uh, I guess Instagram probably at the pretentious Keith Champagne is my main uh, career hub for the social media. Uh, I'm not really promoting anything except for Riot Up tonight. So I want all the focus on Riot Up right now. All right. Are you, are you, did you bail on Twitter or are you just on Instagram more? I don't do a lot of Twitter anyway. Okay. You know, I, I'm kind of fascinated with it right now, like watching it burn. It's very interesting <laughs> and it's very scary as, as it's, or it's not like scary, but like, 
thinking having to like think about moving to a, another social media platform as like because Twitter's my regular space and that's where my main audience is. And so like thinking about having to like build a new audience on a new social media platform. I'm just like, I don't have fucking time for that, man. Like I got a day job. Like, <laughs> like I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, like anyways, regardless, but yeah. So, so Instagram, we need to follow, follow key. His art's awesome. Daybreak's awesome. Um, even I know he doesn't want to talk about that much, uh, but it's a great comic and, and, and it's got a cocaine, almost said a cocaine demon. It's got a cocaine villain. in it. <laughs> um, all right. And uh, I'm just going to go around the order. You guys are on my screen. Daryl, Daryl Banks, um, such a great artist, such a great person. So like, it was so cool to get to talk to you tonight. Um, where's, where's a good place to like find you at and keep track of you. Twitter, Instagram, sometimes Facebook. Um, I'd say probably mainly Twitter, but, uh, but yeah, I just Google my name. You'll, you'll find me. <laughs> I'm out there. Very cool. And, uh, uh, and, uh, Mr. Mr. Ron Mars, like, I know you're on Twitter. Sometimes you haven't, you haven't left the, left the burning ship yet. Um, where, is that a good place to find you at? Yeah. Twitter's probably the easiest place. Um, I'm not going anywhere. It, I was, I was here before that jackass. I'll be here after the leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, um so yeah twitter's the main one i'm on instagram too although i don't uh tend to that too much um and uh you know my website is just my name.com uh it'll be relaunched probably when you get right down to it probably next year at this point there's a there's a redesign going on and we'll have a bunch more stuff up there um and uh yeah to to find me or where i am or what i'm working on and uh you know the next thing coming out just uh poke in on twitter just at ron mars i did forget my buddy wanted me to ask you if you know and i'm sure you don't or if you do you can't say anything because that's the name of the game right where it's like well i can't talk about that right now but uh, a couple people wanted me to see if if turok's ever coming back and if if you had any interest in in getting back into that crazy world um yeah i do more turok uh obviously that was a you know it was a thing we did for dynamite and i turned it into a western um uh because basically i wanted to write a western and that was how they got me to agree to do it um you know we had a ball for five issues it's got you know cowboys and indians and dinosaurs what more could you want nothing uh, it, it hit all the but, zones man uh, <laughs> so we, we had a bunch of fun and you know you know going in that that's an uphill battle sales wise because it's not a property that people are um terribly connected to at this point um you know there's a hardcore audience but the casual audience isn't even mm. sure what it is since it's not really, you know, the video game that they grew up with. Um, so, um, so the, uh, yeah, I mean, the opportunity to do some more, if it ever comes around, I'd be happy to. Um, look, it's, I'm, I'm a, I'm a 10 year old boy, like everybody else. I, I like my dinosaurs. <laughs> And I'm sure if 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 people wanted this to happen, we could. Uh, did they do a trade? Did they do a collected edition of that? You know, I don't know if the trade ever came out. There was one planned, and then it mm. got sort of caught in the pandemic. Yeah, and it kept getting delayed and delayed. So I don't know if it's. I don't know if it ever came out or if it was just sort of put on the shelf, no pun intended, um, uh, for a later date. And maybe it'll come out. Maybe it won't. Um, obviously the. Uh, uh, obviously the. Uh, the pandemic had uh, played havoc with a lot of schedules, and yeah. that was that was one of them. Well, that it, 
if, if the trade does come out, ladies and gentlemen, one, one of the best ways to try and get something to come back is to, of course, buy it. And like, if you know, trade sales are, imp- you know, single issue sales, yes, are very important, but so are trade sales. If you want something to like come back or, you know, get a, a new uh, breath of fresh air or, you know, breathe new life into a project, buy the trades, uh, pre-order stuff from your comic book shops. Let these, let people know that you want to buy it. Put your money where your mouth is and maybe we get more Westerns with dinosaurs in them. Cause the, yeah, like of course it's awesome we all need more of that and last but not least mr michael katz the man of the hour the the brains the brains behind the the riot herp operation uh who's just like i'm i'm, I'm loving these comics man and I'm, I'm so excited for more and I'm, I'm glad you have a i'm glad you have a lot of stories up your sleeves like you know 14 scripts or so written ready to go to me that's very exciting i hope my audience thinks so as well uh where do we keep track of you at or like any newsletters or anything you want to shout out like that yeah i'm still on twitter um my my company is strider nolan so my twitter handle strider nolan 13 my website stridernolan.com uh you can find you know information about Riot Earp and other things i'm working on uh, i do uh you know fiction and nonfiction as well and any day now i'm dropping a a children's book uh christmas themed book about a jewish bat that helps santa <laughs> nice it's called, it's called barry the christmas bat <laughs> And I'm probably gonna do like a like a a quickie kamikaze Kickstarter for a special edition of it uh, once Ride Earp wraps up. So keep an eye out for it. Very cool, man. Especially especially right now. Like uh, definitely need more. Uh more jewish voices jewish culture out there mm. right now fucking beating back the asshole hate uh right yeah. now so that's very cool that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a nice holiday surprise very cool i'm excited for that um i'll definitely be keeping an eye out for that kickstarter as well because barry the bat just sound, it's got a nice little ring to it <laughs> uh i like it guys this was so cool again um all of you are awesome all of you are super talented uh all of i, I haven't read a bad comic for many of you um you know Ron, I'm sorry, I haven't read all of the 5,000 issues or whatever you've read in your lifetime, but what I've read has been damn good. Um, I, 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 this was just like nerd me. This is a special moment. So I'm really excited to put this out, have the audience, uh, have the audience check it out. Everybody, please go to Kickstarter, check out Ryder. When this drops, it's going to have about a week left. You want to get in on this campaign. You can get the back issues. You can go digital or physical. It's very affordable. There's some cool pin ups uh mike has works with really great artists and has a lot of cool little bonus goodies and stuff for there if you want to pony up for it pony up for it babies love more hate less read comics listen to blake's buzz thank you everybody this was so awesome and i wish you the best of luck in all your future endeavors thanks thank you blake thank you see you guys take it easy guys buzz buzz babies i've got a big buzzing announcement for you there's now a blake's buzz patreon if you love the show the live streams the reviews then you can help support it for just three bucks a month you can help me chase a fucking dream if you want to pay a little extra i've got some dope content you can be a part of as well at four dollars a month you'll have access to my upcoming newsletter the hive mind i'm going to talk comics podcasting food dogs and some cool behind the scenes action for blake's buzz for five dollars a month you'll gain access to an exclusive patreon podcast the honeypot the sweet spot for nerd news it'll drop twice a month i'll be talking about new indies worth pre-ordering live kickstarters worth backing and sexy collected editions to keep your shelf selfies looking spicy i've already got a handful of subscribers and i can't thank you all enough for being so incredibly generous and awesome also make sure to subscribe to the buzz stack sometimes when i love a comic so 
goddamn much, I got to write about its awesomeness. And it's free. You can head over to blakesbuzz.com to check it out right now. While you're out there absorbing all my awesome content, you might as well head over to the Blake's Buzz YouTube channel and subscribe. I do live shows almost every week, and it's a great place to find indie comics to enjoy. Finally, make sure to follow me. There's the Blake's Buzz page on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at at Blake's Buzz. Whether you subscribe to the Patreon, the YouTube channel, or just listen to the podcast sometimes, none of this would be possible without all of you awesome people. So remember, love more, hate less, and read comics. I'll see you on the internets, baby.